Good morning, North Shore. It's good to have you gathered. I want to welcome those that are actually gathered for week two of our in-person uh, sermons here on campus. So I just trust that we're still growing and developing there, but uh, glad to be with you. Today is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. I want to share an interesting fact with you. I don't know if you know this, Tyler. Mm. Interesting fact, that Father's Day, the first Father's Day, was celebrated in Washington State. Right here. In 1914, a young girl in Spokane, Washington, um, felt it wasn't fair that they had a national holiday for Mother's Day. And she had this amazing dad who raised her and her five siblings alone. And she wanted to celebrate him. So she went to the officials. And in 1914, I believe it's 1914, uh, they celebrated the first Father's Day. But it wasn't until 1972 uh, before it became a national holiday in the U.S. So we are going to follow this great legacy that started in our states. And we're going to celebrate Father's Day. So happy Father's Day. That is awesome. You said that started in Spokane? Spokane, Washington. Super cool. You know what Spokane and Everett have in common? Uh, no. We're both in phase two. And I'm super excited now that stuff's opening back up, phase two. Actually, last week, I went down to the reopening of the Lego store at the Alderwood Mall. People were lined up for blocks. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, I would tell you a coronavirus joke, but it'd take 14 days before we could find out oh, if you got it or not. That's good, yeah, that's yeah. good, that's good. <laughs> Uh, but it's not all bad. You just have to find ways to be creative, right? Sometimes I go on Amazon and I order a chicken and an egg to see which one comes first. <laughs> uh, okay, right? Uh, this is our ode to fathers. Dad jokes, right? So good job, Tyler. Um, and too, as fathers, right? Yep. We are getting our arsenal built up of dad jokes, right? It's a superpower. Superpower, superpower. It's a superpower that dads have to make their kids' eyes roll, all right? It's amazing. And so today, again, happy Father's Day. We want to celebrate with you. But I want to tell you what our hope is. Our hope is on this Father's Day that you would be encouraged, and that you would be inspired as fathers. Because through my career, I have heard many, many times people say that, man, that we don't go to church on Father's Day. Because as we go to church on Mother's Day, it's always these glowing messages of how amazing mothers are. But on Father's Day, it, it, it beats men up of how they fall short. Um, so I pray today, men, uh, that you are encouraged uh, and inspired. You know, as men, we love to be inspired and go get them. I'm hoping there's a piece of that as well. But my prayer is that you would not be beat up. Uh, so that's our goal today. Yeah. Um, so as we enter that, you know, we give kind of odes to Father. Um, let's start with our fathers. You know, Tyler, yeah. tell us about your dad. Yeah, my dad, uh, Carl with a K. And uh, I, I love uh, from my dad as, as we're getting ready to talk about legacy and, and things of, of our fathers. Um, my dad didn't really have one. He's actually started the, the legacy of faith in our family. Um, and in fact, my dad actually came out of the, the Mormon church in his teens and early 20s and had an encounter with Jesus at SPU 
and that started his journey of faith, and he's brought our family into that, and so um, grateful for his example in that way. Um, probably the two things about my dad that I love the most is uh, he was always there. Um, we played a bunch of sports growing up, and that involves traveling all over the place, and and uh, could always count on my dad to show up um, with his oversized video camera on his shoulder <laughs> trying to get our track meets and all that stuff. But we knew he was going to be there. Um, so my dad was present. And then uh, just his, his example of following Jesus and encouraging us to do the same. Um, I remember growing up, people would ask if I was going to be like my dad. And that was the context of, are you going to be a pastor like your pastor, dad? And I didn't want to. I didn't really know why other than I wasn't interested in that. Um, but, but God kind of took me through some turns in college and brought me into ministry. And now I am following in the example of my dad, and I love it. So happy Father's Day. Uh, I love you, Dad. Thank you, Carl with a K, right? Carl with a K. And we're living in his legacy, so good to have you here, Tyler. You know, my dad's story is a little different, right? It's a little different than that. I love stories like that. Um, you know, my, my dad's story comes from a place of brokenness. Um, I was raised primarily in a blended home. My biological father, who I was with until my, my early childhood, um, was a World War II veteran. Uh, he was much, much older than my mom, and he did fight in World War II. And um, I knew him as an alcoholic and a very, very angry and very, very violent man. But as we were preparing this message, and I was looking back at, at the memories, um, and some of them very vivid and, and sad and heartbreaking, but God started shining something through. Mm. I remember a time sitting on the couch with him, and he was telling me he entered the war at 17. He, he went in early to, to fight for his country. And him and his brother did the same. They went in together, and they were in the South Pacific island hopping, uh, fighting. And he was telling me stories about that. And I, I just, it's, it was a beautiful time. And so I'm so thankful that my dad taught me um, how to be somebody that will stand up for another person. Um, mm. And he was actually wounded in the war. Um, and at my mom's funeral, a lady came up to me. And this was the first time because I've only known in my journey with my biological father, uh, the images I kind of shared with you already, but she came up to me and she says, let me introduce your, myself to you. And she says, I'm your, I was your mom's best friend in high school. Oh, wow. I was there when she met your dad. And she described my dad. Uh, and he sounded just like me. Hmm. He said he was this compassionate heart, this kind of silly guy, high energy. I, thought, I didn't know that guy, but that was him. And I know I have some of that legacy. And then my mom remarried. Um, Another guy who was absolutely opposite of who I was. He was a short, big, round Native American, very, very dark skin, comes from a totally different culture mm. than I'd ever been around. Um, quiet man, quiet, 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 barely spoke. You tell a joke or two, kind of about it. Um, but what I learned from him, you know, is... First of all, just how to be in the presence of people who look and sound different than you. And, and he became my dad. So when I say my dad, it's this short, squatty Native American. That's my dad. It was mm. my daddy, right? Mm. Not many words, but what he did, 
and I learned from him. He was a hard worker, hard worker. He worked hard um, and in tough times. I was thinking in the, uh, the recession in the 80s, everybody got laid off. So did, he, so did he, and he was very industrious. And so he found ways to make money and provide for our family. And I really learned that from him. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. And then later in life, my father-in-law came in and, and, and really introduced me to, 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 to God and love and these things. And I had other spiritual mentors, other father-like figures come in my life. And so all of those legacies, I'm so grateful for. And again, as we say happy Father's Day, um, I'm, I'm happy for my fathers. All of it, because God did something amazing through that. Mm. And I'm excited about that. So today, we're going to look at the legacy of Father. So I'm going to pray, and Tyler's going to kick us off. Let me pray. Father God, we love you, and we are grateful. We are grateful for fathers. <clears throat> Give us eyes to see. Give us hearts to understand. Uh, and so I pray today, on this Father's Day, that fathers would be encouraged, they'd be lifted up, and they'd be blessed just for understanding who God is, who they are, and that their children would come a better understanding of who their fathers are. So teach us through your word today. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tyler? Amen. Yeah, so if uh, you've noticed by now, we're, we're working out of this idea that faith works as a legacy. Um, a lot of it will revolve around the legacy of our fathers. But I want to start at the very beginning. Uh, when God makes humanity, it's personal. And so there are other uh, accounts of creation through other religions, and there's scientific explanations for how things might have got here, but, but there are no other ideas. The Christian Bible is the only one that upholds this idea, that the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. It's not random, it's not chaos. It's very personal, intentional. God gave of himself when he created humanity. This is so cool, and, and it's so important. In the rest of creation, God just speaks things into existence, right? Boom, there's fish, and boom, there's water, but not when it comes to people. Uh, when, when it comes to his children, it's different. He stops to breathe life, to, to pass some of himself to another. And so what, it would, what we'd like to talk about today is that legacy of passing on. That this was not just a one-time deal, but I think this way that God created is actually a representation of who he is and, and how he interacts with us and the call that he's given to us. And so the passage that I'd like to start with is uh, one that's so important to the people of Israel that it actually has its own title. It's Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, and it's called the Shema. Uh, the Shema just means, it's the Hebrew word for listen or hear this. It was both the most important command of uh, the, the rules that were laid out for the people of Israel, and it was a prayer that Jewish people continued to say twice a day. So hear this and listen to God's parental legacy heart. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. 
and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So do you see that in the commands of God? Do you hear that? The only actual commandment in here is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and might and soul. And it is that that the people of God are told to pass on to others. It is by God's design that we uh, share our faith relationally with others and frequently, specifically, those who are younger than us. Now, it's, it's funny because as a, as a parenting book to a world like ours that's so often looking for like a five quick steps to easy parenting, the Bible's kind of useless. It, it doesn't, yeah, I'm in student ministry and I get asked these hilarious questions sometimes about talk to my kid about how to date or how to, you know, not do this. And, and the Bible might leave you a little bit lacking if that's what you're looking for, but there's an amazing encouragement in here. And so on, on Father's Day specifically, while the Bible might not give you practical tips on how to raise your children, it absolutely gives us everything we need to raise our kids. Because the command is amazingly simple. Can you tell them about the God you know? Can you tell them about God you know? Well, to do that, you just need to be present and following Jesus. And I also want to bring us into something really important. You, you touched on this well with your story, Scott. Um, this is not limited to biological children mm-hmm. at all. Um, we talked about father figures just a little bit, and there'll be some more of that later on. But absolutely, this is not just for biological children. Uh, in the book of 2 Timothy, Paul writes to this young pastor named Timothy. And he's got this amazing intro at the beginning of his letter. And so Paul writes, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. Now what's so cool about that is Timothy was not Paul's son. Um, but Paul was absolutely Timothy's spiritual father. And we heard about Timothy's mom and grandma who are mentioned in the Bible. They actually were part of the Mother's Day sermon. Uh, But Timothy's dad, not mentioned. Maybe he wasn't around. Maybe he didn't have one. Maybe he wasn't part of the faith community. Whatever the case, Paul not only took his relationship with Timothy very seriously, but he passed it on. He said, what you've seen me do for you, do for others. Tell them about the God you know. And, and, and I love this. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but God is not continually showing back up on earth to remind us who he is. Not even in 2020. He's given us that command to tell others about the God we know. It's an incredibly high calling, whether you are a biological parent or you have influence in somebody's life. I think that legacy is what we can pass on. Uh, but here's what's cool. You, you by no means have to pull this off perfectly, right? We're flawed individuals. We've been given this command. And it's not just done with words. It's done by action, even if um, we don't always get that right. And that's what Scott's going to break down next. That's good, Tyler. Thank you. Uh, turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. We're going to look at verses 17 through 21. And we're going to look at a legacy lived. A legacy lived. <clears throat> 
know, Tyler just talked about a legacy shaped, and we're going to look at a legacy lived now. And we're going to look at three fathers that is, are mentioned in Hebrews 11. And these fathers, are their calling is not ordinary. Okay, this is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, we know them as the patriarchs. They're in the Old Testament. Uh, they're the forefathers of our faith. They had the calling and to pass on the covenant or promise of God to his people, to all of his people. That includes us, Romans tells us, in Galatians. And that promise is how God is going to be with, take care of, and provide, and be the God of his people. So they, uh, they had this you know, not ordinary calling. But as we look at these fathers and sons, because Abraham is Isaac's father, and Isaac is Jacob's father. And you see this passing through father to son. But what we're going to learn about them is, yes, they had this you know, not ordinary calling, but they were not extraordinary people. They weren't superhuman. They were human. And we're going to see this. And what Hebrews 11 does is it allows us to look at their lives all the missteps. If you go into Genesis 12 and start reading, you're going to read about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's a story of dysfunction, to say the least. Right? Yeah. But what Hebrews 11 is called the hall of faith, the chapter of faith. It points out all of these just amazing people of faith in our uh, spiritual heritage. It mentions them. And what it does in these short few verses it allows us to mine for the gold that is the legacy that they lived out in faith. We get to mine for the gold that's in there, deep in there, in their humanness. That becomes a legacy that gets called out here, and we can learn something from us. So Hebrews 11, verse 17, I'll start, and I'll read 17 through 19. And we're going to start with this, the legacy of faith, um, the legacy of a faith-filled trust. That's what we're going to hear about. And Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So what the story is here is Abraham was the first one that was given this promise and covenant from God. Uh, he had a son named Isaac that this is going to pass through, and then God asked him to offer him up. And Abraham went and proceeded to do that, and God interrupted that and, and provided a ram in the replacement of the son Isaac. So what do we learn here? What's the legacy that we get in here? Is this, that Abraham modeled trust, he modeled trust to Isaac. Because many, many times we ask the question, Abraham was 100 years old. Yeah. Isaac was a strapping teenager. Strong. Hmm. How can a 100-year-old man make a strong teenager get up on some sort of altar for this kind of event? And it's a question we, we've asked 100 times. Here's what I think. I want to bring this. I think he did it willingly because he watched his father model obedience and trusting God 
And I think Isaac went willingly because of what he saw his dad do. And this reminded me, this is modeling of a song. It's an old song, so I'm not even going to tell you who sung it. But listen to these words. It's a father writing about his son and his heart. And I just think this is a heart that we are to have. It says, Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Help me be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can read. I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. Uh, it's this powerful legacy of modeling that we can do. And so I want to say thank you, dads. Thank you, dads, for being an example to us of trusting. Goes on to the next point in verse 20. The legacy of faith-filled blessings. It reads, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. Now the story here is Jacob, um, excuse me, Isaac, the son of Abraham, is going to bless his sons, Jacob and Esau. And he blesses both of them, it tells us that. And blessings is a spoken blessing of passing on, of, of birthright, uh, uh, future uh, uh, provision, future uh, promise. And so what happens, and this is a dysfunctional story, right? Because generally the birthright goes to the firstborn. Yeah. It didn't. It went to Jacob and how he got it, Long, long story, read it in Genesis, but it's very, very dysfunctional. But what we see here is he blessed Jacob with birthright and the Esau with, with future power and promise and prosperity. Hmm. Uh, but he spoke blessing to his sons. And as I was reading through this, just be reminded the power of words, the power of a father's words. I mean, how powerful it is to hear your dad say, I'm proud of you. Well done. It's really interesting. There's a whole area of counseling called father wounds. Father wounds. Uh, the Genesis process by Michael Dye is a whole kind of a counseling um, program. But in that, he has a whole section on fathers, father wounds. And he says this to fathers. A father's role and power is to release a child into, into their identity. That's what we see Isaac doing to his son. He speaks their identity into them. We had a pastor, John Trent, come speak at our church about three years ago. And he brought to us a book he wrote called The Blessing. And it's all the teachings of these blessings from the Old Testament and how powerful they are and are today as we speak these words over our children and even other people. And he gives us five things to, that he learns from Scripture of this blessing. One is meaningful touch. Hands on head, on shoulders, meaningful contact. A spoken message. Speak it. It has to be words that you speak over them. Attaching high value to them. Tell them who they are, who, how God sees them, that they are valuable, they are loved. And speak a picture of a special future for them. Of, of the words that God gives to you, that, how you know that child, and what you see in them, and you speak this future blessings over them. And ultimately, a promise of being an active commitment to walk with them, to be with them. That these just aren't words, but it is a true life journey together with you and them. Uh, this is the blessing. So I want to say thank you, fathers, for releasing us children, your children, into their identity with the powerful words God's given you. Thank you. The last point here, Hebrews eleven twenty one. 21, it reads this. 
By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, Joseph his son. So these are his grandsons, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. So he leaves this legacy of faith-filled worship. And the story is this, Jacob, um, his son, as he's dying, his son who was sold into slavery in Egypt is living there. Um, Excuse me. Yes, it's Jacob is dying. His son Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt is coming to visit him. He brings his sons to receive their blessing, right? From their their, their spiritual father, Jacob. Uh, And he blesses them. But what they witness is powerful. They witness the spiritual giant in his old age bow his head over his cane and pray. Mm. It's powerful. So they watch this quiet display of humility uh, to where does Jacob's power come from? God. Mm. It's powerful. I experienced much similar to this. Uh, I've told the story many times about when I gave my life to the Lord down in Boise, Idaho at a promise keepers. So I surrendered my life. God grabbed my heart and changed me forever. So I went down to that conference with a friend and the church that we attended, I just started attending it. Um, the pastor actually uh, allowed us to stay at his son's house and he came with us. And so we're staying at our pastor's son's house. And it's a really large house. I was sleeping in on the couch in a family room. And then there's another living room close that the pastor and his wife were sleeping in. So just before bed after that night, after I had this amazing encounter with Jesus, I was going to go get a drink of water. So I was passing to get a drink of water, and I could see into where they were sleeping. It was a, one of those fold-out couches. Um, but they were, I saw a movement, and I saw them walking toward the back of this couch, which is separated from the wall a little bit, about three, four feet. Uh, and they're really, really, really old, and really old frail, both of them. And I'm watching this. I'm like, where are they going? And he, the, he, he, the, the pastor's got his wife's hand and they come around to the back of the couch. He puts his hand on the wall and he's just shaking because he's not very strong. He's so old. And he lowers himself down onto his knees and he helps her down to her knees. And I'm watching this scene um, and they start praying for me. And I have never forgotten that. Uh, I think the powerful display of this frail old man, this spiritual giant saying, I need God. This young man named Scott needs God, needs Jesus' power. And I think that's what we saw on display there. And it reminded me back to the Apostle Paul and his prayer for uh, the Ephesians in in Ephesians chapter three, because here's what's happening. What's happening here is when a powerful person, a spiritual powerful person humbles himself before God, they release those who are watching them uh, into the greatest power, and that's Jesus. Uh, it's the great to the greatest power. They become a gateway to that power. So our dads are the biggest, strongest people. Remember when we were little kids, my dad's bigger than your dad and all that stuff. Uh, I love it. It's great because we just see our dads as these amazing, giant, strong people. And in humility, when they humble themselves, that powerful man releases us into the greatest power. Uh, and it's amazing. Here's what Paul says. Um, I'm going to read it all. Uh, starting uh, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, 
uh, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, fathers, thank you. Thank you for showing us, through your humility, the path to the greatest strength that we can have. Tyler, talk about God the Father a bit with us. Yeah, and, and I love, Scott, that you intentionally set out to um, find good things in, in those stories, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and even in your, your own uh, dads from your story. And you kind of live like that. So I appreciate your example there. Um, but let's, let's highlight what you did and highlight that for a moment because there's a, there's a truth in our society, which is the reality that having, having a, a no dad or having a dad who's maybe not what you hoped for is statistically much more likely than it is f- for a mom, which could make it awkward that in the Bible, God is father. Uh, not just once, not twice, like a whole bunch. Um, even if you had a great dad, there will have been times that through their own mistakes or just in sin, they will have done something to hurt, to hurt us, to hurt you, to, to not reflect God the Father perfectly. It's, it's just um, the way that things unfold for us. So then imagine, you know, based on your experience at home, here comes preacher man saying God is Father, or, you know, two goofballs on stage, let's celebrate Father's Day. And for more than a few people, that might not be good news. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, people stay away on Father's Day. But it's meant to be an encouragement for us. And I found great encouragement reading through the passages about God as Father in the Bible as we were preparing for this. And here's what I noticed. I think there's an encouragement if you have a dad who maybe hasn't been quite what you hoped for. And there's an encouragement if you are a dad wondering if you can live up to this calling. Um, But what I found is that God does not use his father card to intimidate, to assert his own power, to gain authority, any of those types of things. The Bible does not even really use the term father when describing what God is like. In the Bible, father is used to describe his relationship with his people specifically the father and the children. And out of that, I found two things. It's the way that God goes after people to protect them and care for them and then to ultimately adopt and bring into his family. That is how God chooses to reveal himself as father for us. There's a bunch of verses. I picked just one. 2 Corinthians 6.18. These are the words of God. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. 
I will be a father to you. You will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So this morning, if, if you have a dad who maybe hasn't quite been what you hoped for, um, hear that first line as the Lord Almighty says, I will be a father to you. And so our, our challenge and our comfort in that is if you need the definition of father redeemed this morning, will you embrace God as your spiritual father and even let that, let him start your own legacy of, of passing that on. What you've received from the Father, will you embrace that and take up the challenge to pass that on to others? And I think there's also an encouragement if, if you are a dad and you wanted to speak to, yeah, yeah. to those of us. Yeah, it's good. You know, I love it speaking to people because, you know, again, there's a lot of father wounds we hear about. So good word. Uh, but also there's a lot of fathers listening right now. And I want to take you to what the Apostle Paul does in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. What he's inviting in is the, to, to mine for the, the legacy of Jesus. See, he's saying, I'm not perfect. So I want to encourage you that the pursuit for you, dad, fathers, is not perfection, but is actually pointing to be that gateway to Jesus, to someone that can do a good work in your life. So that as you are going, you are growing in the Lord and becoming a better father every step of the way as Jesus transforms your life. But you're pointing to the person that is completely reliable and trustworthy, and that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so those that you're leading, your children, or, or maybe you are a mentor, a model, maybe you are a, a, a woman and what you are is you're inspiring other people. So it's not to just fathers, there's father-like figures, people that are taking that, that role, that lead role in there, and that they, you point people to Jesus, you give them the opportunity to grow and become everything that God has them to be. <clears throat> so today, as we close out, I want to encourage you, um, wherever you're at in your father journey, that it be about a Jesus journey. And maybe it's a start, says, so, you know, I've been doing this on my own strength, and I'm just trying to do this father thing, and it just doesn't seem to be working. I pray, Dad, that you will get on your knees and you will invite God the Father uh, to do his mighty work in our life through Jesus the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit and say, yes, by faith, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I repent of my sin and will follow you by faith. And I pray that that would be your start. If you're a dad that is kind of struggling, man, point more to Jesus. Get off the perfection track. But I want to say this. If you're a dad that's just killing it, you're doing awesome, good job. Good job. I see it all around me, and I, we want this to be an encouragement. I hope as you heard this message, you'll say, those are the things that I'm doing. Well done, good and faithful servant. Keep doing it. We love you, North Shore, and Tyler's going to close us in prayer. Yeah, and as we do, we wanted to take those last couple thoughts um, as we move to uh, just a time of reflection on this whole concept. Um, so if you need Father redeemed and you need healing and you need the example, um, or whether you are a dad and you're just doing your best and want to be comforted and encouraged by the fact that the Lord Almighty is working alongside of you, um, we're going to move into a song. We're going to uh, reflect with Good, Good Father um, and hear all of this in that song as, as we turn back to 
the example of our Heavenly Father, which, which shapes us, encourages us, challenges us. Um, let's take those thoughts to him in reflection. God, we do want to come before you just acknowledging this morning that we are your children, but specifically that we are your children because you sought us out and you adopted us and you care for us and you promise that you will be there for us. We are so grateful for that. We ask that you continue to teach us what it means uh, that you want to relate to us in this type of way, uh, that you are not a distant God, but that you are as near as a parent, that you are a family member. Um, let that shape our identity. Um, this morning we ask for your strength, your example, your power, uh, your goodness to infuse us, to fill us, to change us as we go from here. Thank you that we can be called uh, children of the King forevermore. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you, North Shore.